0: Hello everybody. Welcome to episode 9. Wow. Episode 9. 9. 9 continue to gain a little traction here. Episode 9 of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Mike Wendinicio, Tom Bradley, Mark Clemeni here coming to you with another week of sports news, notes, anecdotes, whatever we have, what else we whatever else we have in our arsenal this week. You never know. We've pulled out professional wrestling. By the way, I went to WWE Raw Monday night. Took Alex, who works here at, at Brushes and Beans. We went to Monday Night Raw. Do you like it? It was an interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. It's been a long time. I went to a wrestling show with my dad and brother when I was younger. Now I'm dating myself a little bit, but the days of Bruno and Stan Hansen. Right. Oh. That's all. That's all. That's how far back I go with oh, professional wrong. wrestling. As old as you. I don't think so. Yeah.
1: Bruno. Like, you had to go when you were really young. To go no, to
0: remember, town. Bruno was still going 79, 80. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, so I that's remember, what it was. I remember going to, like, house shows. Which they weren't called yeah. house shows. Yeah. Right. But
2: they had, like, Hulk Hogan and Jimmy yeah. Sunko. Right. And
0: that yeah, right, kind of yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The PXI used to do their show, their studio show. Well, you, you said That's what, why they called it Studio Wrestling.
2: You yeah. said the word interesting, right? The, tell Tom the text that you sent me while you were there.
0: <laughs> well, and you've seen this when you've gone to shows. Like, what throws me off, dude, is, you know, we're grown-ass men they're coming in wearing belts like they have the belt no, no, what lots yeah. of not just one guy like multiple dudes don't don't google how much those belts are oh, sh- i mean
1: I can, yeah well no, they got the scene a spinner oh the yeah. one had the scene oh, yeah. of spinner going when he was on like there Ooh. yeah yeah that's that's the fine line when you go to those kind of shows that you got the diehards yeah i mean you can people watch I mean, oh I yeah did, that's, that's what that's, alex
0: and i did for a little while yeah there,
1: mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it's cool. WrestleMania's this yeah, weekend. That's so. right. It
0: was the, what do they call it? The going away show? Yeah. The raw Jake, going away show? Jake and I, my son, will be looking forward to we it. It's two
1: nights out. Yep, Saturday and, then, and Sunday. So instead of one six-hour show, it's mm-hmm. two four-hour shows. So yeah. they get you for another two hours. So. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's something to do together, you know, Yeah, the time. listen,
0: and it's entertaining. I mean, there's no way around it. It's I entertaining. Used to, I used to go to with my dad. I remember doing mm-hmm. it.
1: So he likes it. Um, my my dad, dad
0: loved it. So, yeah. My dad absolutely. loved it because he, he grew up in the era of Bruno, and Bruno was a legend here in Pittsburgh, oh, Bruno yeah. San Martino. Yeah. And so we, we went to a few shows growing up, and now I've carried on that tradition a little bit. So anyway, that was Monday night. And then uh, I'm dragging a little bit, so this is uh, tonight for the show. And then last night we got a puppy. A new shop dog for here brushes and beans, so you can know what that's like the first night you get a puppy. So I'm working on very minimal rest. So I'm going to count on you two to carry the show a little bit tonight. Oh, you're looking
1: at the wrong guy. I was away five days last week for a 450 team softball tournament that I ran, and then or helped run. Please, there was 30 people there, but you know, but you're still long hours out in that freezing cold. And I work twelve hours on Monday, yeah. so Michael, we're looking for.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Michael, you got to carry yesterday. We, Bringing the energy today. <laughs> Boy, as long as it's not, <laughs> yeah. as long as it's hockey. not the hockey. We'll talk. You, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, te- I tend to nod off during the hockey. Yeah. Time. Well, get us started. This is perfect for you. March Madness this weekend. So, listen, as we talked, it's been a phenomenal tournament. The run, the run came to an end for St. Peter's. Unfortunately, we knew it was going to. We called it last week.
2: What a run that was, though. Amazing. Amazing. First, but, first 15 seed to ever get to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaheen Holloway just made himself some money. Yeah, I'm good just, for him. Most positive He's going to wind up with the seat and job. Um, and a great story about
0: Eddard, by the way. Eddard, of course, from Jersey. Most of those kids are playing on the team, New Jersey, New York kids. Yeah. Nick Patty, who we know, friend of the show, played against him in high school. And Nick said, from you know, where when he played Eddard to where he is now. Unbelievable how how much better this kid has gone. So kudos to him. Obviously, you know he's come a long way. He's on the under in the spotlight this whole run. I mean, he was one. People loved him. They got the shirts going with the mustache and
2: he's got a, he got himself an NIL deal mm-hmm. with Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I mean, you know, he made himself a little money. You know, during this nice run that St. Pete's had. Um, this weekend coming up though, yeah. Wow, we got we we got. I mean, you talk about. Big rivalries, right? Yeah, you know.
0: Oh, it doesn't. Yeah,
2: it doesn't get any bigger than North Carolina and Duke, right? I mean, that that the, the, in the final four, in the final four, Shishetsky's last run, he gets to the final four last time they played North Carolina. Shishetsky's last home game at Cameron Indoor. North Carolina spoils that. <laughs> Can they do it again? The way this team's playing right now, uh, I, you know. And we talk, yeah. North Carolina got lucky playing St. Pete's. Well, St. Pete's went out. St. Peter's went out and beat Purdue. I mean, they had that game for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had the lead, and they had control of that game. North Carolina's playing just as good, or if not better, at any of the Final Four teams we have left. Um, Kansas and Villanova is going to be the first game tipped mm-hmm. off on Saturday. Um, Kansas was down at halftime on on mm-hmm. Sunday. And then they kicked the yeah. And, then they're like, and wait a minute. I text you, and mm-hmm. they wound up outscoring them forty-four to fifteen in the second half. Um, Kansas, like I said, they're loaded with guards, athletic, big guards. Christian Bryan, Mm -hmm. uh, Abagé, Jalen Wilson. uh, They got Remy Martin coming off the bench. Um, Kansas playing well. This is a great Final Four. I mean, we talk about the upsets, and we all like to see the upsets. And, you know, it came to an end Mm -hmm. with St. Peter's, but can North Carolina take down Duke? We're going to see you on Saturday, but yeah, th- th- this tournament has been one of the better ones I've watched in a long time, and and that's why we watch sports, is, right. you know, for, for for these kind of moments. That and we talked about it before. I think the NCAA tournament is the best thing in sports. Some Very people the, say the yep. Olympics.
0: I no, know, the I, Olympics. I can't name.
2: Well, you know, I, I've heard people say besides the Olympics. I said uh, besides the Olympics, I don't. The only that's sport right. in the Olympics I watch is
0: basketball. Did any speak it real quick, and we'll get back to it? Did you watch one second of the Winter Olympics?
1: Uh, no, if uh, uh, I didn't stumble across a commercial now and again, I wouldn't yeah. even know it was on. doing.
0: yeah, yeah. Or same. Cared. Same. Or, so that, that, no, that don't. That's not even comparison. I, I
2: would rather that. watch a Penguins game than the Olympics. So yeah. that should tell yeah. you what I think of the Olympics. Um, but yeah, this Saturday, tune in six o'clock, of and course, then it goes right into goes right into the Blue Bloods with North Carolina right. and Duke to end the night, and then uh, we got our national championship game on Monday.
0: So let me, uh, Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova. I think once it has cemented himself, he's top five. I mean, he, this guy's unbelievable. Nobody thought Nova would make, and every year this team makes a run of some type. I said you talk about talent. I mean, they have some decent players, but when you look at the Kansases and the North Carolinas and the Dukes, they don't measure up. No, they like I said, their roster. They,
2: listen, their players are good, but the things that Jay Wright teaches these guys. Is how to play the game right. You run your sets with conviction. Mm-hmm. You set good picks. You talk on defense. You rebound well. You don't let the other team get into transition. Villanova very rarely turns over the mm-hmm. ball. But w- if you ask just an average basketball fan, you know, name me two players off of Villanova's team. Nobody yep, can number, name any. Yep. I mean, you know, like I said, they got you know uh, Colin Gillespie.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, he's a fifth-year senior. He's probably their most clutch player. But they have a bunch of role players. But the, what Jay Wright does with this team, you're in and you're out, and and you see it. His players stay; they come there as freshmen, right? He doesn't take grad transfers. They come as freshmen, they play. It, it's some of the real. That's good what ones. used to
0: happen at Fight Club.
2: That's what used to happen at Fight Club, but Fight Club has a different coach now, so we don't talk about <laughs> Fight Club anymore. What Jay Wright does there is he he makes players better every single year, and they mm-hmm. become they become good players, and then when they get to the NBA you right. got, you got uh, Mikhail Bridges, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. All these guys are good NBA – Sadiq, uh, Sadiq Bay right. mm-hmm. in, in Detroit. All these guys become solid NBA players, and a lot of them are at the end of the first round into the second round. We're not talking five-star guys, mm-hmm. but they built their careers up at Villanova learning under a guy like this. Yeah, he, he's, if he's not top three coach mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in basketball, I, I, you, I if Maybe you can you. name me three better coaches, I'd, I'd love to hear him
0: Yeah. So who do we like this weekend? Well, if you here we go. Here we, I,
2: I mean, I'm just saying. I think that
0: Mr. We should, horseshoe up his ass. I over think here. that
1: we should talk first about how whatever
0: our, Tommy says. By the way, put money on it because it's going to gonna, how yeah, our yeah.
1: basketball polls went. Yes, and you know I, maybe we should review that for a second. <laughs> Michael, you are a resident expert. Would you like to tally up those points for
2: us, please? I'm not going to tally up the points. We don't need to get into that <laughs> BS. Um, yes, Tom has two Final Four teams left. He has Villanova and Kansas. Um, I have zero. The guy that watches right. nine million hours of basketball right. has zero teams in the final four. I have one. And you have Kansas. Kansas. So, yes, Tom yeah. is poll one again. So, you know, let, we'll what let him go. What he says, that's him. what I'm telling you. It's
0: money in the bank. So, Tommy.
2: Don't mess with
1: me. What was the question? I'm sorry I was too busy. My who do you
0: like? The, who do you like?
1: I'm sticking with my original okay. pick of Kansas. I mean, I, yep. I still think that they're the, uh, that they're the favorites. Um, but, I mean, you really, even as a casual fan that I am, when you turn on the TV and you see Kansas, Villanova, North mm-hmm. Carolina, Duke, North Carolina with a chance to put Coach K mm-hmm. out, you know they were all doing the dance a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. thinking that they end the coach's Coach mm-hmm. K's career at home on a sour note, thinking, well, yeah, maybe we'll talk a little mm-hmm. more than we need to because we're not going to see mm-hmm. these guys again. Uh-oh. And I saw an incredible <laughs> stat that I, I can't believe, that this is like the 257th meeting between North Carolina and Duke yep. and they've never met in the tournament. Nope. How the That's hell? That's crazy. Is that even remotely possible?
2: How is that possible? That's crazy. Uh, it, 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 it's usually the way – They're on that, the opposite uh, sides yeah, of the bracket usually put them on the yeah they seeds. Yeah, and, and it doesn't always – like. I mean, nobody would have thought North Carolina is an eight seed this right. year would even be there, so they kind of put them in the same bracket. Uh, they try not to put teams in the same conference – in, in, you know, the West, the East, they try to, you know, get them out of there. So you're playing teams that you never see, but yeah, that is odd. Teams that go to the tournament every single year and have deep runs almost every single year have never met before in the tournament. And, that, that's why, I mean, Saturdays must watch, even if you're yeah. just a novice basketball yeah. fan. I mean, these two teams getting together, and this is Coach K's last run, and, boy, it, of all the teams to knock him out of the tournament, no, awesome. the biggest rival. Yeah. I mean, their biggest rival could wind up doing it. So, Tom, you're going with Kansas over Villanova? I am. And who do you like uh, in the other game? I think it's even up time.
1: I think Duke will. I think it will okay. be Duke-Kansas. Duke-Kansas? Yeah. And who do you like? Kansas. Kansas.
2: It's my um, pole of integrity says so. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll make my picks, and whatever I pick, make sure you go. Yeah, next. the it. opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been a don't mush me. Don't pick my teams. Don't mush me. <laughs> uh, I've been on Kansas all year. I uh, talked about it. No. Shut up for a second. <laughs> I've been on Kansas all year. You go back to when we first mm-hmm. started talking about this, I just love their guard play. Abaji, yep. um, in the first three games of the tournament, only averaged 10 points a game. If that kid he averages 20 a game in a regular season, if he has a remotely good game against Villanova, and I keep saying mm-hmm. Villanova is going to get knocked out. I've been saying that for right. three weeks, and here we are, they're still standing. I'm going to go with Kansas, mm-hmm. and. Um, I got to root for North Carolina. I, I yeah. can't, I just can't do no, it. Please I, I you know, oh, it's
0: going to be disgusting. I, I, I every so, two seconds, Coach K, Coach K. No. I'm going to go Kansas, North Carolina, and I got Kansas winning it all. All right, I'm going to be a contrarian. I'm going to say, just because I think Jay Wright's going to have Villanova ready, he's going to have a game plan in place that's going to stifle them a little bit. I'll, I'll pick Villanova, and then I'm going to say North Carolina because I just can't pick Duke. It's against every fiber in my being if I would pick Duke. So I'm going to say North Carolina, and I like uh, North Carolina to win it all. Okay. There we go. All right. So that's basketball. Thank you, Michael, for helping to carry that segment for us. On to football. Uh, We had the NFL meetings earlier this week. A competition committee came out and uh, changed the overtime rules. Uh, Only in the playoffs. Only in the playoffs. Yep. The sheriff is against it uh, and put it as only the sheriff can. I don't even remember the direct soundbite. He, he's the master of the soundbite. Oh, something move, like, you yeah. know, yeah, he, he loves the sudden, sudden death nature of overtime. And he said, "You have sixty minutes to win the game. Something win
1: it." To the effect of I like the sudden of sudden death. Yes, exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's only he could put it. Um, so th- that happened this week. Um, but we're twenty-nine days from the draft. That Not up. that I'm counting down, but twenty-nine days from the draft. My Christmas. Um, we've been breaking down position by position players that are available that the Steelers might select with the 20th pick overall and this week we're going to talk about wide receivers Michael's done his homework uh, on the available wide receivers he's got to think Tommy this is a position where the Steelers may go first round this is they don't have a lot of depth right now in that room
1: well I mean the reality of it is is that I mean they're looking at they have two NFL receivers on their roster I mean they have some guys that were on the practice squad last year, and mm-hmm. you know, and, I think Anthony, Anthony Miller, Miller yeah. uh, was a second-round pick uh, from the Bears. So I mean,
0: yeah, becoming the Bears East. I, I don't. Yeah, that's yeah, the, uh, but uh, that's so yeah, to go there.
1: So I mean, let's just stick with the fact that they have two NFL wide receivers on their roster. Yeah, one of which Deontay Johnson, uh, because of the things in the last week with uh, Tyree Hill being traded and Devontae mm-hmm. Adams and their new contracts, could price Deontay Johnson right out of Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, they have to get, and then not just take one. I think they need to take two if yep. they don't sign some kind of veteran. And even if they do, I mean, again, with, with, with Deontay's right. now, in my opinion, a strong possibility that they will not recycle. Because they, first of all, the Steelers don't give wide receivers second contracts. I mean, the only ones that they've given over the years is Heinz Ward mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown. Um, I don't think that they were going to sign him anyway with this money. I mean, they're not going to give the. So if the top guys are getting thirty million, Deontay Johnson, what's he going to have? Twenty, twenty million. Yeah, Yeah. he's not worth twenty million. Absolutely not. So you know, you're looking at ending next season with one NFL wide receiver. So to me, you have to draft. You have to draft two and sign one. Um, I think they're three wide receivers short Mm -hmm. um, uh, to begin with. So yeah, I think I think you could see some combination of. First and third, second and fourth, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I, I think they're going to take two first. I think they have the potential to take two wide receivers in the first four rounds. I really do because they don't have a fifth round mm-hmm. pick. Um, then you get into the sixth and seventh, you're, you're scrambling a little mm-hmm. bit. So yeah, I mean, again, as I've stressed to Steeler fans, dude, since we began this free agency will dictate what happens in the draft. So there's 29 days. Mm-hmm. If they wake up tomorrow morning and they sign Jarvis Landry or they sign another NFL wide receiver, mm-hmm. okay, maybe that changes things a little bit. But as it stands right now, I think they're going to take multiple wide receivers.
0: So what are we looking at, Michael? Well, what do we have?
2: If uh, that's your choice of two yep. wide receivers, this is the draft to do it. Because I mean, when I say this draft's deep, I mean, I watched film for over two hours. Just, you know, I mean, and I couldn't spend too much time on one guy. Right. It wasn't like the other positions. Because it was so deep, I wanted to get into mm-hmm. more second and third round guys in case they go right. somewhere else in the first round. When you're talking in the first round, you're talking Chris Olave, which probably won't be there at 20. Probably. probably it depends yeah. on how it falls. Right. I mean, Olave can run. He ran a four three nine. Another great uh, Ohio State he, receiver. Huge top end speed, this kid. Um, you know, and he's he's not only fast, but he's efficient in his route running. He's really fluid moving down the mm-hmm. field, and he gets the th- all three levels of receiving. Your short, intermediate, mm-hmm. and then your deep passes. This kid's – the only thing Chris Alave, when you're talking, we you guys, we can pick and right. nitpick on these guys. He, he's a little bit slight, so he needs to get stronger, but a lot of these guys are going to get stronger when they get into the NFL. He's a top flight wide receiver. Um you got Garrett Wilson from Ohio mm-hmm. State. Another guy, you see him all over the boards. You see him early in the mm-hmm. first round in the top 10, 12, mm-hmm. 13 picks, and then you see him at the end of the first round. Another guy can fly. Um, he's not as polished as Alave when I was watching mm-hmm. some of his film, but the athleticism's there. And when I say he can – he has trouble, a little bit trouble with press coverage. I've seen that in some of the film. I was breaking down off mm-hmm. of, off the internet he has a, but, I mean, we're nitpicking. We're talking about two top end right. receivers. Drake London from USC. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a big guy. Now, it depends on what your flavor is, right? You want, you know, I don't know, you want another guy like Chase Claypool? Do you want to, you, and then you take a right. guy like uh, Drake London, who I don't think will be there either. I think those three might not be there. But I like, and I know you didn't like him, uh, Burks from. Traylon Ar- Burks, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. He's 6'2, 225. He's, he doesn't have the top end speed. Mm-hmm. We're not talking 4'3, 4'39. He runs into mid 5's, but he's a big guy. Um, you put him on the opposite side of a guy like Chase Claypool, then you slide Deontay Johnson inside, if mm-hmm. that's the guy you're going to take in the first round. Um, Jameis Will, uh, Williams from Alabama, he tore his ACL just on talent alone if this guy wouldn't have oh, gotten he the hurt wide he would have been the first yeah. wide receiver taken right. this guy scares you at all three levels of the field yeah. i mean you just don't and when he catches the ball yeah but right. he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the season so a team that's the steelers won't take him even right. if he's there because they need an immediate yeah, help right. at that position Yeah, they're
0: saying not till the middle of the season for him so
2: that's the way it's looking now mark's gonna probably have a conniption yeah he's rolling his eyes already if, if i talk duke um, he rolls his eyes. It's listen, Jahan Dotson. I, he's, he's rolling his they eyes. They have enough
0: Penn Staters on that team.
2: I, I, Next. I, well, it, it, so like I said, if he went to Wisconsin, would he be okay? with No. Oh, yeah. Okay. So th- it's not about that. So let's stop rolling the eyes at me. <laughs> when I was watching his film, the, he's guy, a talented I, receiver, the guy that no he doubt. reminds me of most, and I don't want to, I don't want to put him in the same right. class because he hasn't played an NFL down. Marvin Harrison. Mm. He has. Marvin Harrison tendencies. I wouldn't call him okay. Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison is mm-hmm. one of the top ten receivers right. of all time. But that it, listen, the guy only had two drops in his career. So everything thrown to him, he catches.
0: And run after the catch with him is off the charts.
2: Yeah, yeah, smooth route runner, athletic, and he has good ball skills. Um, the one knock on him, he's not real physical off the line of scrimmage. So against press coverage. And the other knock
0: is he went to the school in the middle that, of the that's, state.
2: Yeah, that's why you said <laughs> he went to Penn State. Now those are our first rounders. Um, you start moving down the board into the second round. A guy I really like, and he got lost, was George Pickens from Georgia.
0: Yeah, he, now he yes. was a, he was the top wide receiver coming into the season. He was very highly thought. Well, he missed most of his junior year
2: and almost all of his senior mm-hmm. year with a torn ACL. He came back right. and played for them at the very end of yeah. this year, and he probably should have. He could have set out saying, "I'm right. getting ready for the draft." But I give him kudos mm-hmm. for coming back and wanting to show the NFL, right, they, "Listen, they, I'm yeah. healthy." Um, I wouldn't call him Mike Evans, but he has some. Okay. Mike, he has that tendency. He mm-hmm. has a large catch radius. Um, he's a big guy. He's six three. He needs to put on some weight. He has great hands. He started as a true freshman and led them mm-hmm. in receiving. I mean, you know, eighteen year old kid playing at Georgia, you know, four years ago. Like I said, the, the only problem with him, he moved on boards because of the ACL. Mm-hmm. Not people. So you could get him in the second round. I know uh, David Bell from Purdue. Yep. He's another guy that's a bigger receiver. And then, Finalist
0: for the Blitnikoff Award exactly. this year.
2: Yep. With a team that doesn't throw oh, right, the right, right. well. Right. Um, and then Mark and I have been talking. You know, we, Tommy, we talk, you know, after the shows. And uh, Mark's big on Sky Moore. Love and him. I, I liked him at the Combine. But Pittsburgh guy. I know the Pittsburgh guy Academy. Yes, I get it. And I, I've watched the film. Best
0: friends with Dino Tomlin.
2: I, I Yeah, it, I mean, those things are great. None of those translate onto the field. Right. Watching his tape, he doesn't have the top-end speed mm-hmm. that some of these guys – you know, listen, 4'4 four, four is plenty faster enough. <laughs> but at his size, he's 5'10", 195 pounds. That's another slot receiver. Do you, I mean
0: – I think, to Tommy's point, I think he becomes a replacement for Deontay. Because I agree with you, they're not going to resign sign There's, I don't see it. Who knows, they could surprise us. But to me – Sky Moore, he's skyrocketing because he had an amazing combine performance. And, and anybody who watched the Pitt-Western Michigan game still has nightmares about what he did to the Pitt.
1: Yeah, I had him in the third round in one of my original mocks, but no. I, I think I don't know that he's going to make no. it in the third round. I think he's going to be closer to the second. But one thing I'd like to ask Michael is, I know this ain't something that they show on the highlight reels, um, but, if, you know, you play for the Steelers you and got- you're a wide receiver, you got to block. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Juju has, as much as I – I'm not a fan of Juju. Uh, off the field, on the field, one of the things that he did from the slot specifically was block. He blocked a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, he would take linebackers. Yeah, I mean, and I'm wondering if any of those guys kind of fit into that mold. So obviously, you know, you don't draft a guy in the first round to be a blocking wide receiver, but you know, some of the guys further a little further down the trough, maybe, maybe those guys are, are second or third rounders that maybe bring that to the table. Is that
2: something you see out there? Uh, David Bell.
1: Yeah, he he, he gets after it in the blocking,
2: in uh, in in the run game. Yeah, we're talking. I know Mark isn't. I'm bullish on um, Burks from Arkansas. He's big. You know who he reminds me of is Debo Samuel. They said the same things about Samuel when he came out of uh, out of college, Mm -hmm. right at South Carolina. Well, you know the stats were just so so. Listen, this guy played for Arkansas. I mean, Mm -hmm. this guy's big. He's physical. Um, he's like AJ Brown. Mm. And you know, I know the Steelers don't run the same offense that San Francisco does. Shanahan does all these, mm-hmm. you, know, it, you know, you got your top wide receivers, sometimes your leading rusher. Rush, right, yeah. I mean, but he has he has the same traits as a Debo Samuel. Burks will get after it. I mean, this guy is big, strong, and physical. Um, Sky Moore didn't see any blocking from him. And, and I mean, and what he was asked to do at Western Michigan that wasn't part of his game you know and uh, one guy i do want to talk about that they could get in the maybe the fourth round and i watched some tape on him and i know a lot of people say hey, well yeah he went to a small school yeah he, he went to a small school christian watson from north dakota state i don't know if anybody's seen tape on this cat he's six foot four 208 pounds and he still has weight to gain mm-hmm. on his frame right he's he's a right. young guy this guy ran a 436 with the combine I was watching tape on him today now the only knock obviously he has size and speed and this guy can get vertical vertical like when I say he he can separate this guy can separate at 436 i watched him run a reverse and it looked like everybody else was in quicksand Mm. I mean he just separated himself but you're talking North Dakota State they're playing in the FBS so they're not playing the top-end talent that's where you're gonna be able now he's gonna be a little bit of a project but if you need him to run mm-hmm. vertical routes, downfield, right. the third level of running mm-hmm. the right tree, this is a guy you could get in the fourth round, late third round, early fourth round. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. But, yeah, th- those are my guys okay. in the first three rounds. And what I'm curious to see going forward now is what we you're talking about with the wide receivers and things
1: like that. You know, you know, we're treading towards $50 million quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the NFL, if we're not already that In fact, I think we're probably already there. I don't think the NFL can sustain $30 million wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So what I'm curious to see now is, and I don't know if, if it'll affect necessarily this year, but in years going forward, you know, used to the quote was always wide receivers are a dime a dozen. You can find them anywhere, all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm curious to see now a lot of teams, you know, um, do you jump up into the, into the first round? Is the first round, we talked about this with quarterbacks, does the first round become more wide receiver heavy mm-hmm. to get that extra year? Because, you know, you're going to re-sign some of these guys after, after four mm-hmm. years, and they're going to want, you know, I mean, this is the market now. Right. Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill set the market. I mean, that True. that uh, jabroni in Jacksonville, that right. Christian oh, yeah. Kirk, yeah. I mean, he got $84 million yeah, for four years. I mean, you got to be, uh, you know. Yeah, he's a solid wide receiver, but he's yeah, not right. worth that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so, you know, I wonder if that's going to change the way the teams draft mm. wide receivers. Maybe they're more aggressive drafting wide receivers now. Because if they become the new thirty million dollar position, there's only so many right, people you right, can pay this yeah. to, and you know I, I, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't so foresee the and cap. It just at came any out point.
0: of
2: nowhere.
1: It just came right, out it of nowhere. Came out of nowhere, and this.
0: I don't see the cap unless they know something we don't that they're seeing a forecast for the cap increase exponentially in future years. But if it, it continues to incrementally increase as it has, there's no way they're going to be able to
1: well, afford
0: thirty million dollars. What's going to have to
1: happen is is you're going to see. You know, a lot of these teams that are having success with quarterbacks are having them in their rookie contracts. You know, and that's the thing that I was talking to my Cleveland friends this weekend who were all singing the praises of Deshaun Watson. Well, the problem is, yes, you now have a 26-year-old quarterback, but you didn't get him for the five years that were cheap. You're bringing him in at a a, – you know, this year they manipulated the cap to get around the suspension. So – you know, he's only, I think, ten million this year. No, but one, one one million. One million. What's well, one yeah. million dollars in salary, but his right, right. signing bonus is perfect. Oh, so he's yeah, gonna count yes. ten million against okay, the cap. Yeah. Um and then next year that I think it jumps to thirty some million mm-hmm. and then so on I'll, and so yeah. forth. So now you you've got your quarterback, which you didn't get the cheap years. That's where Cincinnati mm-hmm. is in a huge advantage. uh the charges with Justin uh, Herbert, you know, the getting, it, Yeah, yeah. The, the Baltimore with with Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson yeah. Cleveland when they had Mayfield. You need to take advantage of that window, and those guys missed out on that. But anyway, getting back to the original point was the wide receivers. You can't have a fifty million dollar quarterback thrown into a thirty million dollar no. wide receiver no. when the cap's two sixty. Yeah. I just thought that math doesn't work. I mean, you need a lot of cheap options around them, and and I just don't know how you build a team around that. So I'm curious to see where the wide receivers get drafted, and if they start, you know, becoming more of mm-hmm. a priority because. You know, I mean, the
2: Steelers have had good success second, third, fourth round drafting wide receivers. Well, even Antonio Brown was what a sixth round pick. So yeah. I mean, it, it can happen later in drafts. I, I I tend to agree with Tommy on this point. I think I, I don't think with this draft you're going to see teams trading up to get a wide receiver in the first round. Well, it's, too soon. Because, no, it's too not soon. only too soon, but this draft is this really deep. deep at wide right. receiver. So you don't need to, So yeah. you don't need to move up when you know you can Makes get sense. the same. Pretty much the same guy in the second or the third round. You don't need to have to trade right. draft assets to move up to get that guy. But I think he's right. I think that might be where where the game's trending yeah, because
0: point.
2: you know I, where this salary cap thing's going, and we're we're starting to see it in Dallas, like he was saying, like these quarterbacks. Yeah, that, that Prescott makes forty five million dollars. Well, they had to cut half of their team to keep. Right. I mean, keep under the cap. So yeah, I'm making all this money, but can I win? And that's what you got to love about Tom Brady, right? Yeah, he's like, no, I'll take twenty five million. Right. Even though I know I'm the best quarterback, but I want you to be able to sign players so I can actually win. I mean, how much money is enough?
1: Right. Yeah, again, with the humanitarian that is Tom Brady and his willingness <laughs> to give back, A, $25 million, still pretty good, but not all NFL quarterbacks are married to supermodels whose salary that Tom Brady <laughs> gets is the, is the grocery money. That's <laughs> well, what they go out and get avocado ice cream well, with. Well, you don't with think – with Tom's Iowa salary, Giselle's well, Giselle's money makes Tom's money look like money. Well, Your salary,
2: well, shit, Tom. I mean, I'm not. A, I mean, Dak Prescott could be married to a, you know a house's waitress, but <laughs> 25 million they couldn't live on that. I mean, you don't need to be married to a supermodel. My point is, if you're playing the position of quarterback, what how much if you want if you're playing it
0: to win championships? Well, and don't forget, part of this is they're all part of the union right the nflpa and so when one wins they all win we talked about this so if the wide receiver skyrocket, the salary skyrocketing all the other wide receivers benefit so they're going to want their colleagues to get as much possible because at the end of the day they're getting paid well no so, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure so i don't are, think tom makes friends among, no he's not making any friends no. because they're like wait a Whoa, minute why are you yeah, taking right. it well because i want to win and that, so that, other quarterbacks can't do that he's brady so he can do whatever the hell he wants I'm going to tell you, if it was Dak Prescott that said, I'm only going to take 20 minutes, he's going to catch flack from the NFLPA and his colleague around the league saying, whoa, 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 timeout. You're killing me now, bro. We can't do this to each other. So I think there's a little bit of all of that in play. Well, then let's just move the salary cap up. I mean,
2: right. it, it, we see it every year. We were trying to calculate what these guys are making. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not even great at math, but I'm like, how did they sign this guy? Well, he only counts this much against the cap this year, so they manipulate the cap to kick the can right. down the road, right. and they'll they'll deal with, ways, it, yeah, they'll do with it in four years because right. they know the cap number is going to go up. the Steelers up been he, doing
0: forever, and I, it, it bit them last year. finally caught up to them last year. Well,
2: could took a global pandemic, well, and the cap's yeah. to do
0: it, but yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Exactly. All right, well, that's great football talk. Time now to transition. We, uh, It's been not a great week for the Penguins, Tommy. Uh, They've played the team they're most likely going to be playing here in a month in the first playoff series twice. They got their ass kicked the first time. It was brutal. It's now Wednesday. They played the Rangers last night and played a much better game but still lost. Let me ask you something, and then you you can take it wherever you want from here. Is there a possibility? We see this in football all the time. When you know you're facing a team down the road when the stakes are much higher, do you hold back – do you not do some things you normally? It, you know, we see them football, right? You don't want to show them everything. You don't want to open up the playbook when like you possum. know. You right? Yeah. Right. Possum. Yeah. I mean, possum to a certain extent. Could the Penguins have been doing that? Now, obviously, Zucker McGinn. We need to get the. There's sh- two huge pieces coming back that'll be. Make a huge difference, I think, going into the playoffs, not going yeah, when they stay healthy. The
1: Rangers were missing Ryan Strome, the number True. two center, yeah, last right, night too. Yeah. So I mean, everybody's so what do you, missing I mean, something. What do you
0: think? I mean, otherwise, it's the, I mean, it doesn't look good.
1: Well, I can say I hope so. Yeah. Um To that, I hope that there's something else up in the cards because these last two games were not uh, pretty. Hockey's different. I mean, the, hockey. I think I've said this before, but everybody pretty much plays the same system. Yeah. It's everybody's spin on it. The one thing that the Penguins do that's trouble against the Rangers is that the Penguins are, in general, an aggressive team, especially at at the defensive position. They like to have their defenseman pinch. Mm -hmm. And what what that means is when the puck goes down behind the net and it's coming up to the defenseman's side that he's on, the defenseman pinches, means goes towards the puck. Mm -hmm. Instead of, in the old days in hockey, as soon as the puck would come around the boards, the defenseman would retreat. Go backwards, because mm-hmm. they're defensemen, right, right. not mm-hmm. offensemen. So, in Sullivan's, the side that the puck is coming to, that defenseman likes to go forward. The problem is, the Rangers are younger and faster mm-hmm. than the Penguins. And what they did specifically in New York was just chip the puck past that guy, mm-hmm. and then just skate. And then you've got numbers going And we back. got
0: our man breaks, right.
1: So... You know What I'm hoping for is that that that's a problem against this team specifically. And also um, the, the, the neutral zone, which again, for those that don't do the neutral zone, the neutral zone is the center ice area between the two blue lines um, where they drop the puck to start the game. That circle there, that's called mm-hmm. center ice. Everything between the two red lines, that's the neutral zone for anybody. So Why well, is Mark are, looking at me like I don't know be, what Are you that getting is. that? I had no well, idea what
2: he just said. So I, so
0: I just did a nice I, I hockey one to, one-on-one for it. Did,
2: I didn't mean to break yeah. Tom's uh, yeah. talking here, but I actually understood what he meant about chipping the puck right. mm-hmm. and then getting past the defenseman. It's like a fast-breaking basketball. There you go. So that was good. You you, you taught me something. There Listen, all go.
0: sports are the same at the end of the day. So the Not neutral
2: the neutral zone is key to your
1: offensive transition game. So. The Penguins last night couldn't get through there. Mm. The Rangers could, like a hot knife through butter. So those two things are troubling. Um, yes, the Penguins were missing a couple guys. Yes, the Rangers were missing somebody. I think two of the three games have been competitive. That that Friday night game, I, I don't know. They that just wasn't what the Penguins mm. I, I don't know, I mean they found out rarely but right before the game started, Malcolm wasn't playing. Mm. I think that kinda, you know, did something to them mentally, maybe a little bit. I think it, it. I think the Rangers are a better team than the Penguins. I don't think it's a lot, but I think they're better. They're younger uh, by a significant amount. They're faster, mm. but they have not a lot of playoff experience like the Penguins, like this, the stars of the Penguins do. I still think it's going to come down to Jari and Shisterkin. Um Shesterkin is the goalie for the Rangers. In case mm, you nice. know, it's <laughs> not some kind of disease you have to <laughs> take medicine for. Um, and. You know the problem with the Penguins is is that the three times that they've played him, mm-hmm. uh, Shostakin that is, they, they act like they're trying okay. to do something perfect to put the puck pass them.
0: They're, yeah, they're not the putting pucks on net.
1: Yeah. yeah, and the reality they were passing up shots last mm-hmm. night, left and right. I mean, just you know, and you know some of that. You know, Sullivan commented afterwards that it was the DNA of the Penguins mm-hmm. over the years. And yeah, true. it's a great
0: comment, and I think he's they focus on quality over quantity. It is true, but. Mm-hmm. Over the years, guys like Hasek,
1: Brodeur, mm-hmm. Patrick Waugh, they have not had great numbers mm-hmm. against the Penguins. The Penguins have historically owned some pretty good right. goaltenders over the years. And what happens is, you know, mentally as a hockey player, when you see the guy that everybody says is the best goalie in the world, that everybody says is going to be the MVP of the league, which is rare in hockey for mm-hmm. goalies, um, you know, you start trying to pick the corners, you start trying to make that extra play. When the reality is the two scores, the two goals they scored last night, Crosby wound up at the, at the red line or at the blue line and just blasted and it went in. And the first goal was a, was a, was a harmless shot from the point that got deflected in. You know, you gotta, you gotta throw volume. At guys like that, you got to get to the net. You got to score dirty, and that's what's plagued the Penguins over these last few years. Is when you get to the playoffs, man, you got to get your nose dirty. You got to get a little bloody. You got to score ugly goals, chipping them in, deflecting them in. You're not going to be doing. You got to get in front of the net. You're not going to be getting pretty tic tac toes, and that's just not in this group's DNA. Mm -hmm. And that's what scares me going forward. Uh, But the reality of it is, you know, as much as I've said and I've said this before, that the Penguins and Rangers are destined. It's hard to believe there's still like 16 games left in the season. Oh man. And I mean they're not separated by that many points. Right. I mean there's still a lot of things that can happen. I still think the Penguins can win a division. I still think they could finish fourth. Right. And I think it's on I think all three teams are on the table. And right. and let's face it, I mean we've talked about this after last week's deadline. All eight teams in the East are going to make the playoffs, boy. There is just there's right. no easy game. No. It's going to be a battle. Um, and it's going to come down to matchups, but I don't know that there is any one matchup in the East that favors the Penguins other than you know or maybe Toronto. Yeah. I mean, Toronto I think is probably the weakest of the teams. Maybe Washington, but Washington even if you beat them, they're going to take a pound right. of flesh with you. Mm-hmm. So uh, the key to the Penguins is they got to look at their they got to look at their own four walls. Worry about themselves mm-hmm. these last these last fifteen games or so. Zucker sounds like Zucker could play He's tomorrow. Betting, yep. I'm not a big fan of them moving Raquel to the right wing, which is what it looks like. The top lines when Zayder Sucker comes back today or Sunday, or tomorrow, Sunday, Saturday, it's going to be the big line, Crosby, Mm Rust, and Gensel back together. They're going to move Raquel to the right wing, which is what everybody in this town Mm -hmm. thought he was when Mm -hmm. he got here. I think I'm the only one that said he's actually a left winger, which is what he's played so far. Um, They're going to move him to the right wing because they got a right wing Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. You know, they got Erod and. He's playing and
0: awful. He I mean, might. how much more leverage? I mean how many you can't keep putting him in the lineup. No, He's can't. gone awful. I think
1: I think him and and Heinen are battling yeah. from one spot when McGinn
0: comes back. So I think they'll try this out. Yeah, because you can't sit Boyle. You cannot no. sit Brian Boyle. No,
1: absolutely not. I mean, Boyle can't skate, but he is big. He mm-hmm. kills penalties. He's got nine goals. Right. I mean, for a guy that's only played, you know, not every game. You can't you can't take that no, on the lineup. No. He's the kind of guy that's going to score goals yep. in, the, in these playoffs. So um, yeah, I think I think once McGinn comes back, I think Heinen and Erod are playing for one spot. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm not a huge fan of Raquel on the right wing. I think he's more comfortable on the left. But I mean, he's not at this point in his career where he can dictate right. where he goes. So I, I think what will happen is you you have the, the big three on the top line. You have Malkin with the uh, Zucker on the left and Raquel on the right. Carter's going to center the third line. Bluger's going to center the fourth line. Boyle is going to be on the on the fourth line. I think they're going to keep giving put Capen, and I think Capen and Carter have got a little bit. Yep. So I think it comes down to uh, McGinn's going to be on Bluger's mm-hmm. fourth line. So I think it's going to come down to Erod or Heinen mm-hmm. for the third line left wing. And I think that's your playoff. I think you just got to you got to get your lines going, give them, give Zucker a chance to play, get McGinn back in there, see if you can get some cohesion out of it, and get ready for the playoffs.
0: That's good stuff, Tommy. Before we go on to our rants and close out this week's show, evaluate Raquel thus far. I know it's only been three games, but what are you seeing that you like? What are you seeing that you don't like?
1: I like. He's got some things. He's a little bit more physical of a hockey player than Mm -hmm. I than I thought he was. He goes in the net. Um, He's a pretty good stick handler. Um, I I haven't. I mean, he's obviously not finishing. He's 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 getting opportunities. Yeah, you know, it's a tough. It's a tough week for for guys when mm-hmm. they come over. You know, it's hard to judge them in a week. He hasn't had much practice time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's played. They played a lot of games. Um, he finally got. He's he's through his second game with Malkin. Mm-hmm. I like what I've seen like from it. him yeah. and and him and Raquel together, which is a positive because I think that's going to be, you know, sort of his guy. He's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be his center no matter what the other wings on on that line are. So so far, I mean, I, I have no problem with what mm-hmm. I've seen so far. I'm hoping for more um but uh but yeah so far so good
0: excellent thank you all right well that's what let, this week's show before we sign off it's time for our weekly rants michael why don't you get us going yeah, we I, haven't heard from you for a while uh, since we no, were talking really hockey So happens
2: with the hockey talk yeah um before i go on my rant i let the listeners know that uh we are going to have our first guest coming up next week uh coach joe moorhead from the university of akron um, a central alum that uh, the three of us grew up with. Mm-hmm. And Tommy and I went to grade school with him. Um, so look forward to that next week. Roll Vikes. Roll Vikes. Um, now my rant this week is uh, I seen uh, some news yesterday that uh, Tiger Woods played a mm-hmm. round of golf at Augusta. And it got me thinking like we watch sports right and we all have our favorite teams you know you guys love the penguins and the steelers i'm a buccaneer fan i'm a pirate fan and we've had good memories but most Mm -hmm. of we can always sit back and we always talk about um upsets right Mm -hmm. you know the 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 underdog and it would be it would be awesome to see tiger listen if he Mm -hmm. shoots 25 over who cares right but if he's playing next thursday
0: oh yeah I mean, I'm watching because
2: mm-hmm. that that's a great feel good s- right. sports story. You and like,
0: about 20 million other people will be watching.
2: That, I mean, it just it brings you back. Like I mean, you know, the 83 NC NC State team that won the, the championship and beat five Slam Jam mm-hmm. had Clyde Drexler, Hakeem Olajuwon. You're talking Hall mm-hmm. of Fame basketball players, and that the NC State team had what one right, uh, NBA, right. NBA player, right. Thurl right. Bailey. Yeah, yeah. And you see specials on that. You got the 80 U.S. Uh, Olympic hockey team. I hate hockey. Yeah. I watched that movie. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I mean, because you're rooting for the underdog. Uh, Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. Uh, mm-hmm. Steeler fans will love this when the Giants beat the undefeated uh, New England Patriots yeah, right. that were favored by 45 billion and a half points, and they wind up winning that game. So I'm hoping Tiger plays next week because you know, I, it just just like watching St. Peters in mm-hmm. the in, in the uh, tournament, I would just love to see him because now he's the underdog, the old mm-hmm. man that's coming back from you know a horrific yeah. car accident. and it, for me, I love watching the major mm-hmm. golf events. But if he's in it, boy, I'd love to see it. And I don't care what he shoots. I just want to see him back out on the course. Well, I promise I won't
1: lose my mind like I lost last Woo! week. That was awesome, by Woo! the way. Still loving that. This, uh, this rant would be dedicated to my friend, previously mentioned, in Akron, my friend Joe Moorhead, who's a big hockey fan. This is reason number 4,862 why hockey is the greatest mm. sport ever. Last week was the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and Mark Andre Fleury was yeah. uh, a Penguin list. A Penguin. Uh, uh, He's a legend. Penguin legend, Penguin legend. Yep. Who played for the team for mm-hmm. many years? Won three cups with them. Everybody loves him. Was up for trade, and he had a he had a, a no trade clause. That he could pretty much dictate where he wanted to go. One of the teams that inquired about trading for him was the Washington Capitals, the Penguins' bitter rival, and Mark Andre Fleury said no. I'm not going there. I'm not going to play the Penguins in a, in, a, in a playoff series. Yeah. Now, the any flower. of you take a second and you figure out what athlete and what sport wouldn't go to the rival if it meant the opportunity to go back. TJ Watt, I got news for you, Steelers fans. When TJ Watt's contract's up, if the Ravens offer him a dollar more than mm-hmm. the Steelers, he's going yeah, he's to the going, Ravens. Right. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, they change teams. Yeah, they Every they time they handle, lose yeah. to a team in the playoffs, they switch to the next thing. <laughs> Uh, Same with baseball. A Yankee will be a Red Sox. A Red Sox will be a Yankee without thinking about it. Or or a Dodger. Or or a Dodger without blinking an eye. But, again, hockey is different. And not all of them. Yager wearing a flyer jersey, Mm -hmm. things like that. I I still can't get over. But I'm talking superstars. Guys that can pick wherever they're going to go. Where it's not necessarily about the money. Hockey is still one of the most pure sports where – Honor, loyalty, things like that, still mean something today in the year 2022 in the world in general and in sports
0: specifically. So kudos, Marc Andre Fleury. The flower. Okay, my rant. All news that came out on Monday this week. Pitt extended Pat Narduzzi to 2030. 2030. Has Narduzzi been a good coach? Yeah, I mean, a decent coach, right? I wouldn't. He's still not. Regarded as one of the top twenty-five coaches in the country, right? I mean, but Heather like did it again. She goes out. She was burned once already by Fight Club in the coach of Fight Club, and now he, she goes out. And they had a great season last year. But how much was that? How much of that success was due to one man? Number eight. We all know in college football, that if you have a great quarterback, and Kenny was the best quarterback in the ACC last year, hands down, they won the ACC. Listen, I love Nick Patty, and let's hope Nick gets the job this year and they have success. But until Pat proves, Coach Narduzzi proves, he can do this year after year after year, and he has them consistently in the top 25, you don't extend him. How has she not learned? And listen, I have nothing against Coach Narduzzi. You guys both know how much I love Pitt. And he's brought success to the program that we haven't seen in years. However, it's not time. It's not time. It was very premature. You got to have him prove himself one or two more years. Listen, I, you know, the fanboys out there, oh, this is great. It helps with recruiting. Bada bada da. Consistency helps with recruiting. Let's see them do it again this year. If they can, if they end up in Charlotte again this year, then yeah, let's talk. Oh, and and they, the first ACC Coastal was a joke. We all know that. So, get rid of that. I mean, they won that by default that year. Last year, great season, but I still once can did, it once. Did it once. And with the best quarterback in the ACC. Pitt fans seem to have a short-term memory. Yes. They don't remember when Pitt played in the who-gives-a-shit bowl.com. Right. Exactly. I mean, and and the, for the great
1: year that got him an extension, he also lost. The two losses were to teams that he was dramatically favored of. Right,
0: exactly. So,
1: right. you know, at 10 and two seasons, nice. Could have been 12 and out. Right.
0: as And, Tom, you say this all the time. You're a fan of what's on the front of the sweater, right? You're a fan of the Penguins, not specifically the players. That's me. I love my university. And I have a feeling she burned the university again. And shame on Chancellor Gallagher and whoever else signed off on this. Premature, way too early. And I I hope I'm wrong, but it's going to burn the university again. I had just have a distinct feeling she pulled the trigger way too soon. Well, that'll do it for this week. Michael, Tommy, thank you very much. Great show. Appreciate it. We'll be back next week, as usual, with episode 10. We're getting to double digits. We're getting old. All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.